All right, hey guys, welcome to episode number six of This Is Us. What's going we have on? our uh, we have Yanni here in the studio, like always. Yo, yo, and yo. we have one of my good friends, uh, Maurice. Or Morris, whatever. Or Morris. Everybody says it different. Shoop. Is it Shoop? Shoop. Shoop. It makes me sound like I'm not like friends with you at all. Yeah, wow. But that's fine. We're on a first name basis. Basically. Well, actually, yeah. we're on a nickname basis. Yeah, kind of. So it's okay. Sean and er, Mo I just call Mo him and Mo. Ice, Mo and Ice Tray. Mo and Ice Tray. Yeah. I just told you. We, I just told him about that one. Yeah. It kind of gets confusing with my last name because everyone looks at it like soup with an yeah. S H. Yeah. But yeah. if you replace the the P with the T, nobody would say shoot. They would say shout. Oh yeah. Hmm. So that's yeah. a good way to look at that. Welcome to English. Welcome to English. Yeah. yeah. Fair True enough. that. Fair man. enough. Yeah. We pick up spare grammar and pronunciations from anywhere yeah it's kind of crazy how yeah. the english language is for you sure kind of just use everything really yeah it's so, so tell us about <laughs> <laughs> english yeah. is a mutt language it's it, you know it, it's kind of just it's a collage of sounds yeah for sure so tell us about yourself i'm kind of not sure where to start uh i work with sean he's generally been a pretty good guy i try to be where actually, do you guys work? actually almost always we work at a place. <laughs> work at a place called Miller Core. Miller Core, cool. and we make sand castings. There you sand go. Sand castles, basically. Yeah. Something sand like castles that. with heat. <laughs> sand um, and resin goes into a hot core. Solid object comes out to be used in a metal casting at a foundry later. Yeah. Very half cool. The, half the time we don't even know what we make. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. I mean, that's a pretty intricate. I mean, I don't know if intricate is the right word, but it's a pretty ex- like exact thing that you do. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, that's I think cool. the one most people would know at all would be that we do the axles, the rear axles for like Fords and Chevys and stuff. Okay, cool. So that's probably like the most popular one we do. The 2010 Camaro and newer. I'm not sure when we when we stopped using that uh, axle c- casting, but we were doing that 24 hours a day for yeah. a couple of years. Nice. That one sucked. So when they cast, do they only use that casting one time? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah they usually shake it out or they blow it with water or air. It just okay. kind of depends on the That's boundary. interesting. I've never actually just known like how that stuff works. I when mean, they, I still don't know how it works. When yeah. they pour the metal, it burns off the resin. Beyond that, I don't really know, but it's a one-time use disposable. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's huh. crazy because there's like, we have to use a special sand for like when they do, it's bronze, right? The one where you have to use the OH. I don't think I've been told what we use the OH for. I think it's bronze. Yeah. When they pour bronze, it has to have a special chemical in it, or else when they pour it, it will explode. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah. It's very nerve-wracking because some of our sand bins are mislabeled. Oh. And we can put the wrong bin up, and if they get a whole order of the wrong stuff and they don't know, people could die. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, my job's way less stressful than that. I'm sure some of these things have been learned by trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, yeah. that we when doing stuff for that company that we used the OH for for a few years now and we never used the OH. Yeah. So obviously huh. they were like we're having problems with like things exploding. <laughs> Sounds like a problem. Needs yeah. to be fixed. It is fixed now. Well, I'm glad it's fixed. People don't label our bins right with the sand yeah. in it, so. All right on. So like what do you like what is your position? I'm a press operator. Okay. I his cool. boss. Push buttons and, you know, clean cores and stack them and 
you know. Right on. Well, sweet. So you like your job? Uh, it's generally pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the hours are, they're different. Yeah. Uh, usually when you tell somebody that you work 3.30 to 6, <laughs> they look at you confused because it's usually something like 6.30 to 3 would be more of a yeah. typical shift. And yeah. Like, no, this is not a typical job. Yeah. No. Day shift works their shift, and then we work nights. And yeah, yeah, we work the rest of the hours of the day. Yeah, there there <laughs> was times day shift worked uh, like four to four, and we worked four to four, mm-hmm. or yeah. five to five, or something like that. Yeah. But right now they work five days a week. We work four. If we start losing a few hours, we work three days a week or mm-hmm. three full three big days, one, one short for day. like yeah. six hours, nice. yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's. But we've been super busy, so it's been nice. We've nice. been getting quite a bit of overtime for a while now. That's awesome. Right on, right on. So what do you, uh, what's some of your favorite hobbies? Well, as I joked about before, I'm, I guess you could say a motorist, motorcyclist, and oh, yeah. cyclist. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just anything that you can ride or uh, drive. Yeah, I mean, cars are fun, but it's kind of difficult to afford a very fun car. Yeah. But, you know, I enjoy it. I hmm. can't really go back to an automatic. I really like shifting my own gears. I feel you. I'd rather drive a slow manual than a fast automatic. Yeah. It's just a lot more, I feel a lot more connected to the driving experience. For sure. And that's, yeah. That's guess, just, you know, the one thing I actually wanted to talk about today was you have the FRS. Correct. Yes. And if anybody knows out there, I'm actually a bit of a car person. I had this, I had the WRX. I heard that. And uh, I loved it. And it was also stick shift and I had a good time and, it was really hard going back to an automatic. Stick is the fun way to go. Yeah. It is it's definitely fun. Um so what's uh tell me about your FRS. Um it's stock actually. Yeah. Basically haven't done anything to it. I mean, yeah, I'd like it to have a little bit more power, but that's kind of all the, that's kind of always the problem with guys. Yeah. We always want it to have just a little bit more. Yeah. Of course. At, for sure. At the same time I also don't want to uh hinder the uh reliability. Yeah. Because it is a daily, so I don't really want to do I too much. Hundred percent feel you there. Uh, yeah, car broken down is kind of a bad thing. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I kind of went through that with the WRX, yeah. where I didn't. Well, it wasn't stock when I bought it, but after I had sold it, like a week after the turbo blew out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, I felt so bad for that. the guy that that bought it. He's one of our friends, and uh, so it's like. It kind of like screwed him out of a car. I mean, for, for a, while. a while he finally got it fixed. Yeah, as I say, he's driving put a bigger now, turbo in it actually, but <laughs> that's, it, that's it already had the you. biggest turbo in it that you pretty much could get, anyways. Yeah. But so at first, as you don't succeed, try bigger again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, he was gonna get the same size, but the people he bought the turbo off of like talked him into a bigger one. Yeah, they were out of stock. Is that what it was? They were out of stock of the one that I had had in it, and they upgraded them for free. Yeah. That's hard to turn down. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> I mean, why like, not if it can handle it? It was a it was a pretty well, sweet WRX. What? Obviously, it didn't handle it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it, it didn't handle it because it was installed wrong. Yeah. Before I got the oh, turbo. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was something weird with the oil. Yeah, the oil was like leaking out of it or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not, I think it was not enough oil got to it. Something was yeah. it was something weird with the oil line going to the turbo was the biggest problem to yeah. it. Okay. So. Yeah, Sean was telling me a little bit about that car. We mentioned, like, should we talk about that story? Going from the railroad tracks towards uh, 250? Yeah, I mean, sure. sure. 
We're not going to get in trouble or anything, so. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> I'd like to go fast in that car. That's yeah. not the only time I've ever gone fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was one time he was talking about uh, what he did in your car. Yeah. And from what he described, it sounded like, um, you know, since he hasn't been driving it on, since he's been driving automatic recently. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of expecting the car could do a little bit more, but hmm. he mentioned getting up to, was it 90, like close, getting close to... Yeah, I mean, you could, there. you it could was, push. You it was could, right in front of progressive foam. Oh, there, yeah. That little stretch yeah, when I hit yeah, it real hard. I mean, yeah. I was going to say the one time. It could probably do more than that, Yeah, to it could have easily done more than that. We yeah. just, I, was I didn't nervous want him to break myself, it. So. That too. <laughs> the one time uh, coming home from work, he was telling me about that a little bit, and I decided to see what my car would do. And <laughs> I was kind of, I wasn't being hard on it with the shifts or anything, yeah. but I was still, you know, like giving it. About it all it would do. Yeah. And it did something very similar, and so I said, you know, I think I think that effort, that WRX would do a little bit more than that. Yeah. And then another day, I brought my bike and decided to <laughs> kind of see what that one would do. <laughs> and I'm sure, you got to like 120 or something stupid. Um, no, actually, I slowed down early because I only went from the railroad tracks to Progressive Progressive's oh. phone drive. Dri- mm-hmm. Progressive's Progressive Phones driveway. <laughs> driveway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And the bike got up to like what was it, one twelve? Okay, wow, something like that. Yeah, I mean that's yeah pretty good for Inst- that short instead stretch. Instead of like yeah. ninety, it was like going faster in yeah. a shorter distance because I mean it's a thousand cc. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you have? It's a two thousand six uh, CBR Fireblade. Okay, cool. Or a thousand cc. Yeah, uh, I didn't know you had a different bike. That Fireblade is what every other country calls it. America just calls it the CBR one thousand. Yeah, I thought you had the R one. No, that's been years ago. I've never met you when I had the R1. You're way off, bud. What did you have when I first... I could have swore you told me that was an R1. It looked like an R1. I probably showed you pictures of the R1 and told you I used to have one. Because... it was the R1. There you go. I really like the R1. Yeah. I thought it was the R1. I used to have a a CB650. R1 would be Yamaha and this is a Honda. Yeah. Although I will say I am pretty impressed with the durability. Mm Mm-hmm. It does seem... The R1 was like... A little bit more beautiful. Not any higher maintenance than the fact of, you know, maintenance that you had to put into it. Right. But if anything happened, like going down, the bike would break. Mm-hmm. This Honda is actually kind of uh, resilient in that way. I do have to kind of hand it to it there. Uh, when I wiped out recently, I actually, I mean, the bike, I picked the bike up and it would actually start again, mm-hmm. which is not something the Yamaha would have done. Yeah. Yeah. And considering that I really, really like the 2007 and 2008 R1 body style, mm-hmm. personally, I think it's the most beautiful bike ever made. Yeah. I do have to say that the Honda's a little bit more durable. Is it? That kind of stands for Honda as yeah. well, though, you know? His I, was pretty nice. Yeah, I had a yeah. uh, I had a Honda CB650 that I converted to a cafe racer. Okay. And it was pretty fun to ride, actually. Yeah, I love that thing. Except for you couldn't ride it hardly anywhere because... <laughs> The seat was so thin, your butt would hurt yeah. after like 10 minutes. So. Yeah, I think I rode it for like 20 minutes up to like the park and back to yeah. where he was living at the time. And it was like, yeah, I wouldn't wear it and ride this yeah. much longer. One secret there is if you get a pair of cycling shorts, they actually have some padding in oh, the butt. There you go. And yeah. that helps a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Secrets of the trade. Yeah. Cycling shorts on a motorcycle actually does help quite a bit. I can I imagine. Yeah. Especially when you're going out of state because crotch rockets don't really have the most comfortable seats. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, if I ever get another motorcycle, I'm just going to get Cruiser. Cause... What? Yeah. No. <laughs> that, that is, hey. no, uh, no, 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 no. Not necessarily. Actually, I really want an Indian. <laughs> I don't really want a Harley, but 
I would be fine with the Harley Road Glide if I ever had a the, chance to get one. The sport bikes are quicker. They are maybe I agree, not, maybe not. But as I'm an idiot, so that's true. And your wife might not agree with you. Sport bikes a handle bike better. Like sport bikes handle better. The faster you go, the more stable they are. You can't really say that about cruisers. You get to like oh, 120, yeah. and the thing starts shaking. I would never go 120 on a cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> well, some guys have tried, and yeah, it doesn't always turn out well. No, I, I'm a pretty like. I mean, Even when could, I had the bike, I never really ripped on it too hard. Yeah. Just because I'm aware that if I wreck it, I'm a pansy. So it's yeah. going to hurt. And I don't want to. Um, this guy's actually wrecked a few times. Well, things. It depends. Like, um, when we say wreck, what are you talking about exactly? Anytime you fall off the bike, basically. Okay. One time I was just uh, trying little stunts and being stupid. And so that all happened. Another time it was on snow, of which. The roads were clear when I went to work, uh, and yeah. they snowed before I could get back. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I touched the back brake to see just how slippery it was, and the back end just kind of went whoop, and down just we went. Just too slippery. Yep. I feel you. It, it was not forgiving. Yeah. I feel you. That was the R1. It tipped. Basically, I dropped it in the snow, and it broke part of the engine light cover. Oil drained out, and I said, well, I can't drive this anywhere. Yeah. And sucks. so... What happened when you didn't one of your bikes like go into a barn? That was the Ninja Five Hundred a couple years ago. Oh. That was before they got the R One. <laughs> is that the? That's not the bike I bought off of you, is it? Forever ago. What like bike? A long time ago. What bike did you buy off of me? That's why I don't. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember this either. I don't remember you telling me you bought a bike. Huh? I don't ever remember you telling me you bought a bike. It was a lot. I think it was before we started hey, like yeah. really hanging out. Yeah. I don't remember. Any your of buddy that. had it. It was like sitting in a field or something like that. that it wasn't been, running. That might have been the Ninja 500. I don't know. I ended up selling it again to the guy next door. He got it running. <laughs> okay. Whatever works. But yeah, and then he yeah. sold it. So I don't know. Someone's, someone's having fun with it somewhere. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember that bike. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I never actually dropped the Honda until I forgot to put the kickstand down one day. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, it's kind if of you're considering like, drops, that's not a bad drop. No. No, but it pinned me under it, and I picked it back up, and oh, I was, yeah. felt really, really dumb. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, I can imagine. You know, yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, not not too big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and then recently I was coming home from my mechanic, and I don't really understand what happened because the bike felt good. Everything, front brakes, back brakes, mm-hmm. everything was fine. It felt like the bike just ran out of gas, which does not make sense because I filled up like a mile before, yeah, literally a mile or two before, and the engine just started to cut out, and then the back end just like fishtailed and dropped me faster oh, than yeah. I could even comprehend what's going on. The only thing that I can really piece together is that it sounds like the back brakes engaged and then locked up, okay. which which if it's in gear will kill the engine, will slide the back end yeah. out. When mm-hmm. we picked the bike up, it would not move. Yeah. It's weird. My mechanic thinks I hydroplaned, which I can't blame him for thinking that because when he got there, the bike moved fine, started up. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> we put it in the back of his truck and took it back to his house. Uh, he did see on the brake lever where there's like some scuffs of like when it was sliding. Mm-hmm. He says it looks like basically the road engaged the brake once it was already down. Oh, Okay. What he can't understand is what a, why I went down in the first place. Yeah, for me, it's like I know I didn't hit the brake. My friend falling behind me did not see any brake lights. Yeah, she just saw I was sl- started slowing down and then fishtailed and wiped out. 
which now this actually makes sense because there is no electronics with yeah. the back brakes. Okay. Right. The back brakes should not engage for any reason unless yeah. I actually hit them. I did not hit them. Mm. And the bike went down anyway. I didn't mm. see any water to hydroplane on. Yeah. I don't know what happened. That's weird. It's That's a freak accident. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I mean. That's I, the problem with cars. Sometimes yeah. you just don't know what happened. It just happened. Yeah. Well, on cars, usually they can figure out something, but I've never even heard of this kind of thing before on a bike. And Any chance you could hit some, like, pea gravel or something? I was perfectly straight up and down. I wasn't yeah. even in a turn yet. Yeah. I mean, mm. yeah, it was chilly and it was raining a little bit, but it yeah. wasn't raining much. I've been in far worse than that. Yeah. Been in far worse than nothing actually happened. And mm. so, yeah. It is weird. I'm confused as to what happened, but. Mm. Yeah. Find out, let us know, because that's interesting yeah. problem. My stepdad, he, uh, they're like, him and his family, they're all Harley riders. And so he's got a road glide and I believe it's a road glide. Don't quote me on that. Uh. It's not a road glide. I'm going to quote you. I'm not sure what it is, to be honest. I'm going to tell him you said that. He probably hates those or something. Yeah, he'll kick my butt. (laughs) But, uh, nah, he was going out towards Tusky and went around trying to hit pea gravel and slid, and the bike actually slid out from underneath him, but his face came, it it hit a Miata going the other way. Oh. Yeah, but luckily, the dude's, like, massive. So, like... Mm, Even so, your neck isn't necessarily going to be bulletproof. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, he... He took damage for sure, but he just had a black and blue face and lucked out. And wow, yeah, damn, so that's nuts. It's he's definitely lucky. Yeah, no but kidding. It destroyed his bike pretty good. He had to rebuild it. And... My bike will be fine. I'm getting well. I had I had to order new plastics for it. Uh, <laughs> Biggest problem with those bikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all pla- the plastic. Yeah, pretty much. I had to get new plastics, a rear brake uh, master cylinder, and jeez, um. Master cylinders aren't too expensive. I mean, yeah. it's all, it's all you know, basic components, not yeah. anything too. You know, luckily bike parts are actually fairly not bad priced. That's true. Yeah, I mean, bikes I guess are that's a good thing for them. Yeah, bikes are like less than a third of what a car is. Yeah, a bike has four wheels. Motorcycle only has two. Bikes are, I mean, motorcycle cars have four <laughs> cars wheels. Have bikes four have two wheels. <laughs> wheels. Cars are I mean, at least two thousand pounds for an extremely yeah. you know small one. Yeah. A bike that's a thousand pounds is like huge. Yeah. Um, my bike is under four four hundred and fifty pounds wet. I'm yeah. not, sh- not sure exactly. With me on there, it's another hundred and fifty. Yeah. Really, not that heavy. There's not a whole lot there. Yeah. Right. But so that you know definitely contributes to cheaper for all the components yeah. with it. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, as long as you also don't need the lightest, most expensive, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that really get into weight reduction and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Me personally, the best thing I can do to improve would be my own riding skills. Yeah, sure. Because a little bit of a change of the bike is going to make a very small difference. Yeah. But the bike is already more capable than I am. Yeah. So that's not really... Yeah. Upgrading the bike is a very... It's not the most important thing in that yeah. way. For I, sure. Going to a track day would actually help me a lot yeah. more than anything else. I, it's kind of funny because you always see like guys that are getting into cars or whatever and they're always like weight reduction <laughs> and it's like you're not even that good of a driver you gotta yeah, yeah. <laughs> driving before you worry about about going super fast yeah absolutely and it's i've, I've yeah. been driving manual quite a few years now uh but one thing i've never really been able to get the hang of is the heel and toe shifting yeah beyond that i think i'm fairly competent when it comes to you basically shifting yeah i tried doing that I, I still don't get it that much yeah. either it's really weird Heel and toe is kind of complicated, and I guess I'd have to practice quite a bit. Is the I heel could... and toe the one where you 
when you're getting ready to shift, you put it in neutral and then shift down. You hit the clutch twice. Uh, that would be double clutch. That's double clutch. Yeah. Heel and toe is when you're like slowing down for a turn. You're shifting into the gear you want with your left foot. Yeah. Your right foot has your toe on the brake that you're still stopping. And then you like hit the uh, gas with your heel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like up to spike the RPMs to get into the next gear, gear that you're going better, down. Yeah. And yeah. That seems weird. That's like professional grade stuff. Yeah. There. Like you don't. That's not necessary. Well, everybody wants to do like that kind of stuff because of Fast yeah. and Furious, you know, yeah. the first movie they talk about double clutch and granny yeah. shifting and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you have Vin Diesel installed a particular style, then everyone wants to try whatever he's talking right. about. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, me personally, usually I'll take just a little extra time. I'll give the throttle a blip when I'm going mm -hmm. into the next gear, but it's not like, um, yeah. I don't really have both the time, money, or the reason to go after that last, you know, two tenths of a second. Right. Well, just all about having fun. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like really putting money down. Yeah, that's the thing. When I went, to, I have, like, when I went and got the WRX tuned, I got it tuned up at Alpha Motorsports in Canton. Okay. And uh, I had everything installed there, and they did it all, and they like asked me what I wanted. Wait. So you're saying don't go to Alpha Motorsports no, because saying... they will install your turbo wrong? <laughs> no, they didn't. No. They didn't install the turbo. They did not no. install the turbo. It was okay. already in there. Yeah, okay, it was enough. in there. The previous owner had installed it himself. But they didn't catch the mistake. That is true. But I also didn't tell them to look for the mistake. That's fair, true. Fair too. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know. What I, I mean, mean, they fixed yeah. a pretty big problem on the engine too. Yeah. So. I mean, they they fixed like it was misfiring and like there was a couple different problems that was going on. Okay. Wasn't the and block so, cracked or something? Didn't they say something about that? Uh. I believe something some was of the, cracked some on the it and they fixed was it. Loose and Is so that they, what like, it was? It, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but when I took it there, they sent me down. And they're like, okay, so like, what do you want out of this car? And I was like, honestly, I was like, I want it to be fast, but I want to daily it. And so like, I don't want to be stupid with it. Right. But I want to be able to get out of any situation I want to get out of. Yeah. Like if, if someone's riding me and I want to get out of it, I want to get out of it. Yeah. Fair and enough. so like, I feel like there's guys out there that are like, they come in, they're like, Make it as fast as you can. Right. And it's like, okay. That works for fine, the weekends only. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It and works when you trailer it to the drag strip. Right. Yeah. And you can sure. trailer it back home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, even the way they tuned it, like, Sean was with me when they came out and they were talking to me when I picked it up. They're like, this is the fastest WRX that's ever come through here because of just how they set it up. And I'm like, yeah. I, I could have gone faster. And they said, yeah. you could add horsepower if you do new injectors and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's just and a few little things you had to change. It, and you honestly, been... I got to the point where I was like... I don't want to do anything with this car because it's perfect. Right. Okay. And then I mean, if I'm you were running kid, like 10 PSI, it, like you 18. were in, it was, it was not running 18. Yeah. 18 PSI. There's no way that thing was running 18. Yeah. That's all they had to set it. It could have went more. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember your thing ever saying 18 when I was driving it. Maybe I just never got on it enough to get yeah, it up to 18. Yeah, I was going to say, if you ripped you on it, been you been the road, Sean. Huh? You <laughs> might have been watching the road. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing scared the shit out of me yeah. the first time I got on the gas, so. Yeah. I mean, it's the fastest car I ever have driven. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely, like, I actually learned how to drive stick in that car. Yeah. And it had stage crazy. two clutch when I got it. And so, like. Did you say stage two? Yeah. Okay. And so, like, going back to a regular clutch, I couldn't, like, yep. I wanted to give my other buddy Subaru, and it's just a regular clutch, and I could not drive it for the life of me. It fucks you up a yeah. lot. Because you got so much more room there where the stage two is like, boom, boom. Okay. Yeah. Have well, you ever not, driven any different stages clutches? I've never driven like stage two or three clutches. Uh, I bought this FRS because when I was test driving other cars, I test drove a 3000 GT 
like, you know, an older one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, those are cool. Nice looking car. And yeah. for a good price, I yeah. would pay cash for it. But I don't know. I just didn't like that hydraulic clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, different. When you can't feel it engaged, that's also the reason why I didn't like the Dodge Dart. Yeah. I mean, pretty good looking economy car for yeah. what it is. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't the most capable, but I thought, you know, it you know, still looks all right. And mm-hmm. it's, if it's fun to drive, then... But I just could not get over the idea of I can't feel the clutch engage because yeah. up until now I always could. Yeah, right. That was one thing I didn't really want to go back on. Yeah, I test drove the Fiesta ST, same thing. Can't feel the clutch. That's a new thing now. Yeah. A lot of them are the hydraulic. Yeah, I don't like it. It's I, weird. You I have test, to get used yeah. to it. I test drove this thing and the RPMs were moving a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to shift like the same speed my old uh, Ford Focus needed, yeah. which that car was a little bit messed up. Hmm. Wasn't really running quite right. Yeah. yeah. So I was just trying to, I was trying to shift a little too slow. So every shift after the first one on oh. this, uh, f- on this FRS took me just a little bit of time to actually get the hang of. Yeah. But right out of the parking lot, I was nice and smooth. And I said, this is great. I can feel it. It's not, I feel the car start moving and then it stalls because, well, I'm not sure why I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Right. I like being able to feel it in my foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. That's how my truck was. It wasn't the hydraulic. And it's weird because I would drive like Jordan's car. Yeah. And his like Tiburon is hydraulic. And it was just like, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And then when he put the stage two in it, I had never driven a stage two clutch. Freaking weird. Yeah. Your le- his was new also. So it was like still super stiff. Mm-hmm. Oh, my leg was tired after driving for yeah. five minutes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Stage two suck. So on another hand, how do you guys, I was going to say something about when you guys are talking about motorcycles, how do you feel about motorcycles that put like big old V8 engines in them and stuff? Uh, they're good for a straight line, at least kind of, uh, because from what I've heard, uh, Boss Haas was one brand that started doing it several years ago. I've heard of a guy that put a Deutz, um diesel engine in, in one. Yeah. And they tend to like, they're... They're kind of like have enough mass to them that when you hit the gas, they kind of like uh, shake a little bit mm-hmm. because, well, in a car, you don't really notice it because the, the engine is a small amount of weight compared to the rest of the car. Right. I mean, relatively. And you don't, the engine kind of like twisting just a little bit mm-hmm. is not a big deal. When you're balancing it on two wheels and the engine is half the weight of yeah, your no kidding. bike, then that twisting motion means you almost drop it if you're just sitting at a stoplight, if yeah. you like crack on it, even right. if you're in neutral. I've heard that they're pretty good in a straight line and only... Could, you would imagine they... I mean, it's basically an engine with wheels. Well, I mean, as long as you're you know pretty easy in the clutch, you once you like get it engaged and then get on it, as long as the back tire is going to hold the power... Right. It's always the biggest it's problem. It's going to accelerate at a you know pretty fast rate. Yeah. And the only problem is then, I mean, if you also want to hit the corners, you're going right. to realize that the bike is quite heavy. Yeah. It's... Anytime you're on a heavy bike, you have to be a better rider. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it no longer has its like bicycle like characteristics. Feel. Yeah, I mean, I have a pretty nice bicycle. It's a it was Trek's top of the line aluminum frame back in 2009. Mm-hmm. Could have went with carbon fiber, but I also didn't want to go too much more expensive. Right. But that bike literally feels like you're on rails. Now I've heard of some people talking about motorcycle like crotch rockets mm-hmm. feeling like they're on rails, and it's like no, there's still some give there because I'm always comparing it to that bicycle. Sure, but at the same time, it's like when you go with a heavy bike, it's kind of like a kind of like a bicycle that you have then added like 200 pounds to. Right, 
and it's just kind of feel a little bit different. Feel heavy, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely, I feel that. But bicycles and motorcycles are similar in one sense that you're not going to take your hands off the bars at five miles per hour on a bike, mm-hmm. but you can do it at 20 or 25. Yeah. Just fine. Motors, because it becomes um, more stable the faster you go, mm-hmm. motorcycles are very similar. When you're going faster, as long as the bike is actually, you know, capable of... Of going that speed. Yeah, as long as it's designed like for that right. speed, then yeah. it's actually going to feel more stable. The only problem then is, you know, going into a curve, you might, you know, overshoot. But uh, that, you know, just try not to go faster than you can actually develop skills for. Yeah. Right. But in right. a straight line, going faster is really not more dangerous on a bike unless... Sure. Unless something pulls out in front of you or something right. else happens. So in that way... I don't know. Some people always associate more speed with being extremely dangerous, mm-hmm. and it is if you hit something. Sure. If you can come to a rolling stop, or you know, if you hit a brick wall, then you're kind of in trouble. Almost no matter what speed you're going. Right. Helmets don't save you. Helmets don't save you from that. But if you would almost, if you're gonna hit a brick wall, you'd almost want to go faster because it's just gonna kill you fast. It's gonna kill you quicker. Mm, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. If I was going mean, to hit a brick wall, I'd be like, I'd rather be going at like 200 miles per hour than a hundred. A yeah. uh, hundred would still well, probably still. get you, but, <laughs> but yeah. you're more likely to 60. live. 60, you might live for a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, true. at 200, you're just trying to break a record to go through the wall. So <laughs> yeah, you might just go right through. Yeah. It won't even hurt you. <laughs> uh, I don't but, know. These crumple zones are kind of inconvenient. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause I saw a video the other day. There's a guy on a like, motorcycle, like a Harley, and he put like a big old V8 in it. And these two people on crotch rockets were going over into him and was like, can you rev it for us? And he like, he had like brace himself yeah. to even just barely touch the throttle. I'm like, well, what is the point? Yeah. Like <laughs> you can't even enjoy it. I mean, at that point it's more of a, like a mechanics feat. Feet, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's bragging rights saying, Ooh, look at what I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind exactly. of like old cars that people don't drive anymore. Kind of like, you know, find China that you have in the cabinet that nobody's yeah. allowed to yeah. use. You know, it's kind of cool in a way, but yeah. you don't actually use it. Right. I mean, that's that's often what actually crotch rockets are as well. It's nice having the capabilities, even if you aren't, you know, using it all the time. Yeah. Even if sure. you almost never do. Yeah. It's there's something about having a vehicle that you're afraid of that is actually very satisfying to some people. Yeah. And then other people would say, no, I'd rather have a slow car and just drive it as fast as I can rather than having a fast car and, you know, know that it's capable, but you don't necessarily yeah. actually use it. Yeah. Everybody's in that way is a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. I kind of like the idea of having a slower car that I can get full speed at. Yeah. You can, I feel like you can have more fun. Like my truck, like it would have been awesome if it was faster, but like I had a shit ton of fun in that thing. Yeah. Just hammering it down and just shifting through gears. Yeah. I, mean, I would rather have a slow manual than a slow autom- than a fast automatic, but and I've always heard that it's faster to drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much true, but at the same time, I also like having that capability. Yeah. I like having to respect the vehicle in a sense that I can't just do anything and the vehicle will save me for myself. Yeah. For sure. It's nice knowing yeah. that if you just crack the gas in a uh and a curve that back end could just slide out, so you got to be careful with it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, and I don't know. It just kind of comes down to what each person likes out of yeah. their transportation going from one place to another. Yeah. Sure, especially in Ohio, you learn how to respect your vehicle a little bit more <laughs> during the winter. 
Yeah. Like, especially when you have a rear wheel drive like that. It's Most like, people do, but it takes some time. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I, I have a shovel that I'll carry in my car for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. ended up getting pretty good tires from the car. Yeah. Because since I like the corners, I said, yeah, I could get, you know, the Tiger Paw, whatever tires mm-hmm. for like, I don't know if it was like $70 each or something like that. Yeah. I said, no, I think I want the Pirelli P0. They were still all season tires, but they're also by, you know, Pirelli and yeah. they're a little bit better tire than, right. you know, the off-brand, whatever they're going Do they have be. the white letters? I don't think so. No, I love the white letters. Those are the ones you use in the winter, right? Uh, the Pirellis? Yeah. I'm actually having them on right now. Oh, right now. Yeah. No, there's no white letters. You could. All you yeah. have to do is get the paint. And just yeah. paste the letters. I love the white letters. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that looks cool. I kind of like the subdued look, which is why my bike, I mean, even though iridescent electric blue is my favorite color, mm-hmm. I usually don't wear it. I usually don't. I yeah. actually never had it on a bike except for the R1, mm-hmm. which the bike did look pretty. And I got the angel eyes for the headlights. Oh, nice. Those look pretty nice as well. Uh, but my last bike was black. This car is gray. You know, Dark rims, there's part of it that is light, and yeah. I don't know, I just don't really go with the, I'm typically not the most flashy person on the surface. Yeah. That's just not really who I am, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Not really my personality. Yeah. yeah, you're one to come up on the line and then think you can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's more fun to surprise them later. It is. No. <laughs> I just like having cars that I can take pictures of. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're a photographer, so yeah, you have a whole I different. Mean, it gives me something to do on the weekends. The so, FRS is one yeah. that you can take a picture of in the right angle and setting, yeah. but at the same time, with it being gray, to, gray, it's a little bit more subdued than, you know, like the bright blue one that I've mm-hmm. seen or yeah. red. For sure. Yeah, I yeah, mean, the nice thing about the FRS, it's still got that mean look to it. Yeah. Even That's, stock. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love the FRS, BRZ, 86. They're yeah. all my, I love them all. Yeah. I like all they're three. All cool, but. They're all different qualities. That's the biggest yeah. difference between all of them. Yeah. I'm Qualities. a low-key low Subaru huh? fan. So Qualities? Like, what do you mean? Like, the way they're made, the different components in it. Some of, like, mainly the interior is what's yeah, the yeah. biggest difference. Oh. Well, yeah. I don't There's really care There's some components. Like, so. the 86 yeah. is, like, the best all around. It has all the best stuff because it's a Toyota. Yeah. It's the original. It's the most expensive one. It is the most expensive <laughs> one. My title says Toyota manufacturing whatever. And, Does it? <laughs> and half the body panels actually say Subaru. Yeah. That's oh, really? so funny. And the badge says Scion. And yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. I feel you. Nobody makes their own car start to finish yeah. anymore. It's always yeah. like, let's get our airbags from Takata so we can have a recall later. Let's have one other <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's have another company, you know, that does... 100,000 of these, even though we only need 50,000 for this model. Uh, there's a lot of cars that just like repurpose something that was used for another car. Oh, yeah. sure. There was sure. actually yeah. a Lamborghini one time that was using the same headlights as a Nissan. I forget what. Oh, really? There was an article I read. I, I'm not sure if it's car and driver or exactly where, but it was like 10 or 20 like car components on a super high-end car. That was also used on like an economy car. The only one I could think of that Nissan would have that would have any kind of fancier lights that would go on would be the Optima. Now, now this was an older one. It was like a square headlight where oh. I think Lamborghini like covered part of it or something mm. like that. And Nissan had like the bigger part mm-hmm. of it showing, but it was all the same headlight. Oh, that's so weird. It was, it was kind of funny to actually yeah. look at. Huh. It's crazy. They do do that. I've seen that. Yeah. Not like you see posts and stuff on Facebook, people mm-hmm. showing like, this is the same thing on your yeah. $20,000 car that's on this, you know, 
Yeah. Half a million dollar car. <laughs> yep. it, it's kind of funny what you find when you have technology to share components like that. And then right. also things like the internet where you can share people sharing ideas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can't hide anything yeah. now. Yep. Nowadays, anything can come out. You can share your ideas with people around the world. It's technology yeah. is quite amazing. It is, I don't know. It's both the like best and worst thing that has happened to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like cell phones. Yeah. You can yeah. call for help anywhere. Most anywhere. Right. And you well, also... You could almost, as long as you have service, whether you have bars, you should almost always be able to dial 911. Yeah. It, it's kind of like cell phones have given you, have given you the ability to call from anywhere mm. and distracted driving has given you the reason <laughs> to need to call yeah. from anywhere. Right. For sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, since we're talking about this, I got a notification on my phone today that mm-hmm. said, your screen time was down 20% last week for an average of four hours and 28 minutes a day. Where did that come from? From it, Apple? Like, yeah, from Apple. Yeah. What? Really? And, yeah, which is like insane to me that even though it was down 20%, it was still four hours and 20 minutes a day. Get off your phone, bro. I know. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm See, actually good th- at math, but I'm terrible at thinking about it. So I'm like, oh, how much is that on a normal basis? Like A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even a cal- cumulative. Yes, that word. Yeah. Like time like it's that's still a lot yeah even like you well, know, even 20 minutes like, here 20 minutes there yeah say it's like five hours a day like Jeez, dude i mean like, i can't say much because technically at work they would think i'm on my phone for like 14 hours because yeah. i leave it open that's true uh you're like listening to a tv show that you know yeah. good enough that you can just listen to it and imagine what's going on so right. that's yeah. not quite fair to say yeah I know, uh, but that's probably what they go off of. But, like, even if I did open. five hours a day, my average time is 1,820 hours a year. Wow. That's a lot of wasted time, bro. <laughs> like, you know? Jeez. Yeah. That's nuts. And, and the funny thing is, like, me. most of, like, in my evenings, it's like, mm-hmm. if I'm not on my phone, I'm on my Xbox. Right. So it's like, I have a ridiculous amount of time. You need to read more time. books, bro. Yeah. But I, I just <laughs> love killing stuff fakely. I have yeah, a lot of fun. books that I haven't read yet. Oh, you probably should. I know, and yeah. I'm kind of sad that they keep piling up, and I keep buying them because I want to read them. I feel the same and way, I man. And I don't. Yeah, <laughs> see, like, my wife's been trying to get me to read these, like, I'm having a baby in January. She's trying to read me, like, get me to read these, like, parenting books, and I'm like, just tell yeah. them to make a movie, and I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to Tell her to find you YouTube alternatives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one thing I don't like about the one YouTube update is how it used to be you could start a video, click off your uh like mm-hmm. your screen have it all on lock screen still play you can listen to whatever whether it's a documentary just a song half the songs i listen to are just a blank screen on the yeah. back right or yeah. they're just showing me the lyrics which i can't understand anyway which depending if it's a group that i might try to learn like right. uh ramstein has a couple songs that i can kind of sing along with mm-hmm. on a dish is one of them mm-hmm. it's It'd be nice if they would brought bring back the uh, feature of being able to turn off the screen. Well, they want you to pay for it. Yeah. You can, if you pay for it a month, you can shut the screen off. Really? Yeah, 10 yeah. bucks a month and you can shut your screen off. Nah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. That's like, uh, yeah. so I was just watching YouTube and a lot of the YouTube people I watch, they use Patreon. Okay. For to get money from their subscribers mm-hmm. to keep their channel going because they don't get ads because they cuss and stuff on their channel. And, uh, YouTube, a lot of the people have noticed recently because YouTube just started a subscriber thing where you can, it's basically Patreon, but on YouTube Mm -hmm. and people that put their Patreon link 
in their description have noticed their views drop on those videos. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how true it is, but it's, it's, it's convenient. Yeah, it's convenient. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the comments because they were like, would you like me to do this? Would you not? And a lot of people were like, no, we don't want to give YouTube money because they're assholes. Yeah. You know? That's one of the problems when you have like private companies that, I don't know, sometimes they just get a little bit too greedy. Yeah. Um, kind of like uh, one thing I was listening to recently was a podcast talking about the difference. I think it was Gary, v- Gary Vaynerchuk. Talk about why uh, baseball is starting to go away. Mm-hmm. They haven't really allowed their players to have like their own personal brand quite like the NFL yeah, or yeah. the uh, NBA has. Yeah. It's like the... Uh, I forgot what the uh, acronym is for, or the, whatchamacallit, for the... For the baseball? Base, the baseball leagues. MLB? Yeah, that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even watch baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they've taken, like, the short-term payout of saying, you know, everything has to go through us, you can't really do anything on your own. Mm-hmm. And so people haven't... I mean, they still pay the players very well, right. but they're also not developing the same fan base that the other sports are because yeah, of... Right. The way they've essentially done their marketing, yeah. they're not making little stars out of their players the I same way that, that some of the other uh, sports are. Yeah, you know, speaking on yeah. that, like Mike Clevenger from the Cleveland Indians, he's a pitcher, mm-hmm. one of the pitchers. Every every game, his daughters would uh, like draw on his shoes or his glove or something, like paint Dude. on it and make yeah. something cool out of it. Okay, and the league would find him. Are you serious? Yep. Why? What the uh, that's, heck? Yeah, that I never makes got no sense why, at all. But that's they weren't down with that for some reason. It wasn't the team; it was the league. So, wow. Yeah. Which is you know going on the same basis. Talk so about that's stupid why regulations. Yeah, that's why they're not doing as well as the NFL or ML, or sure. uh, NBA. And right, because that's the kind of thing that fans are gonna kind of like want to see sometimes. Right? Because yeah, even yeah, even the announcers sure, are like, draws that's you awesome. like, like attention. That's cool and, that he like, does that. Yeah, you know, it makes you. Want to know more about that person, yeah. you know? Yep. Makes it more personal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's I love watching Mike Clevenger because, I mean, the dude's the most relatable on the team for me because he's got yeah. tattoos and long hair. And, right. And, but it's cool because his daughter's like write stuff on his gloves all the time. That's you can so see awesome. it on the field. Right. So I don't know if it's like if it ruins stuff with Nike because of his cleats being Nike. But or you would stuff think like Nike that. would say something. I know, right? If and I lost, don't know why Nike would have a problem with that. Yeah. If he lost his sponsorship from Nike, that would be one thing. But if it's the league themselves, yeah, then yeah. that's. Well, see, because like none of the players are individually sponsored by Nike. It's the league sponsored by Nike, I believe. I would think. But I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Nike said something. Yeah. But it'd be. Seems stupid. Yeah, but they even do it when he's talking about his glove and everything too. So Nike's like, willing yeah. to go with controversial stuff enough that I doubt they would have a problem with <laughs> yeah. somebody saying, "Oh, look what my kids draw out of my yeah. glove." Right. Never know. Never know. Maybe they'd be more maybe down Maybe it's for not it. controversial enough. Yeah, maybe not. That's why they're like, yeah, yeah. no. Maybe kids' drawings on your gloves is not something Nike can believe in. Yeah. You I didn't sit know. down for the national anthem, yeah. so we don't like you. Yep. For sure. <laughs> they get political. Yep. Speaking of which. Would you like to explain your stance? It seems how it's changed since we've talked about it. Well, I guess the question there is like, where do you want to start? Because, I don't know, it's kind of like a long history, slowly evolving, slowly changing. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's always been one thing. And I guess I'm kind of curious to see where it's going to go in the future as well. Yeah. Just because at one time, I never would have thought that I would be thinking about some things the way I do now. Sure. 
Mm-hmm. No, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, because last I knew you were like, you were very libertarian. I would say you weren't like full on, but like you were like, okay. like 75% that is what I kind of got from it. Mm-hmm. Do you lean yeah. more to like the left or the right? Or are you kind of like stuck in between? Um, Probably more toward the right, yeah. but at the same time more libertarian. Uh, as I've described at one point, um, growing up I was very conservative. Uh, going back a little bit further beyond that even, mm-hmm. uh, both sides of my parents uh, came from Mennonite backgrounds back when Mennonites were more conservative than okay. they are now. Yeah. Uh, my parents switched to a Baptist church uh, before I was born. I basically always grew up in church and mm-hmm. had more of a uh, conservative background basically all the way around. Okay, yeah. I also grew up on a dairy farm. And so I wasn't exposed to a lot of the influences at some mm-hmm. other place, like the average person would be in some ways. Yeah. Right. And at one, as I've said at one time, um, basically my, I guess you could say that Republican was my favorite flavor of Kool-Aid at that time. Yeah, for sure. But it's like, as I've, as I've gotten older and even in high school, I, I was like thinking about things partially just trying to dive into what do I actually believe in? Why do I believe it? Have I actually thought of both sides or do I just, you know, regurgitate something that I've heard just because, well, that's what I've heard and didn't really give it any thought for myself. Yeah. Right. And I really think that's one problem that some people, well, I guess I shouldn't speak for others, but for me, for me myself, there's times where I've just always accepted something that was told to me. And then mm-hmm. later I start thinking about it more and say, well, is this really the way it is? Or is it just kind of my assumption based on something that I have seen or what people have told me Yeah. without really giving room for other people to have different experiences or to, in some cases, just value things differently than I do. Yeah, for sure. And so in that way, yeah, it's like I am more libertarian, but it's, I guess I don't hold some of these straight, straight line Republican views that I would have used to. Mostly because even if personally I haven't uh, changed my mind, mm-hmm. which on some things I have, but sometimes I just allow more freedom to someone else to disagree with me without necessarily thinking that they're wrong. Yeah. Just because sometimes they're going to value something that I don't. Yeah. And sure. that doesn't necessarily have to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like we really can disagree yeah. without you being, you know, misled or something like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think me and you run into that a lot when we talk about things because there's, I would say there's certain things you think that I don't think, so. Any examples or? Any examples, I don't know. I mean, I like, I feel like I like Trump more than you. Uh, That might be. Uh, Trump's the first one that popped in my head. Here's the deal. I I think I could say that I'm a very large advocate for Donald Trump, but at the same time, there is a lot of Donald Trump that I do not like. Okay. That's a lot of people. Too. Yeah, I mean, like, the dude is, I mean, as far as, like, the economy goes and jobs go, I think it's awesome. It's doing good for me because I own a business and it's going to potentially bring more work for me, which means better outcome for me, essentially. Right. But. Which we have noticed in our shop, we have gotten quite a bit busier oh, yeah. since the election. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up until then, we were actually, were we on only 40 hours a week or? um. It- yeah if it wasn't for it was just barely above yeah i was gonna say we were when i first based... came back like we were doing three days and four hours yeah okay so yeah <laughs> but on that like on that kind of stuff i i i kind of like ben shapiro's stance where he's like good trump bad trump kind okay. of a thing yeah 
you know? So like, I love Trump when he does good things like that, but I don't like Trump when he does bad things. Like just, he's still talking. Like people seem to forget he's still the same Trump. Yeah. I I wish he would just let his administration go like and do their thing instead of like blocking him by calling out the dumb stuff, Mm -hmm. which it's dumb to me, but it's like, you know, the unneeded stuff that doesn't need to be happening. Right. Sometimes I wonder kind of calling a porn star horse face. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I wonder how did he actually get the administration that he did? Who did he get his advice from? Because it really seems like there's the Democrats that are against him. The mainline Republicans are against him. Yeah. Meanwhile, the country voted him because they're tired of the previous two. Yeah. Right. And his administration often doesn't really want to do what he kind of wants and what the public voted for him to actually get done. Yeah. And sometimes I have to sit back and wonder, so how much of this is stuff that he can actually control? How much of it is not there? I mean, usually it's been the Republicans have one side, the Democrats have the other. They each want to blame the other person for what they can accomplish. But at the same time, the Republicans go to Congress and they don't really do whatever they said they were going to do. Yeah. Kind of like how they were super against uh, Obamacare whenever mm-hmm. they did not have the votes. And then when they get the votes, what do they do? Nothing. Yeah. 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 And it's like, why do the Republicans do nothing when they had the power to do something? Yeah. But they talked a big game when they didn't have the power. Yeah, for sure. It's because they actually didn't believe it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, we're duped. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for, for the people on the Republican side, I mean, I've had some Democrats ask, why do you keep voting for Republicans when they don't when they don't do what they say they're going to do? And it's like, well, that kind of brings you to the question of, do you vote for the person that says something that you don't like and you don't want them to do that either, or do you vote for the person that says the right thing but doesn't do it, or do you just not vote at all? Yeah, and right. know that you're not going to be happy either way. Yeah, it's kind of a tough choice. Yeah, there's some people that'll say, well, you know, you have to vote for the person that says the right thing. Meanwhile, it's like. So does that mean we're kind of like keeping people, keeping liars in office that are really not, you know, doing what they're saying they're going to do? Yeah. I mean, personally, I kind of have to look at the entire system and say, how is it that everyone is getting individually elected? Mm -hmm. When, if you look at it, Congress has like, I forget what the numbers are recently, but under like a 15% approval rating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think if they're elected and they have as a whole an under- or even if you divide it up by your party, if you have under a 50% approval rating, we clean them all out, elect all new ones. Yeah, I feel it. Because there is no reason to keep a bunch of people in there. Right. When everyone, when almost everyone can look at it and say, yeah, we don't really think this represents us. Yeah. Yeah. How can we actually be a country where the the government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people, Mm -hmm. when the people say, yeah, we're not too happy. Right. Meanwhile, we disagree with what the solution is, but at the same time, we're also not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Right. For sure. On the other hand too, I feel like there's a lot of people still like, I know like our generations aren't really like this anymore because we do a lot of research on things, but like a lot of the older, like our parents and up and they still like just vote for the party they're part of. They don't care what they do. They don't care what they say. They're Republican. They vote Republican. They're Democrat. They vote democratic. Like, yeah, Yeah, I feel like, Definitely that's why our a lot generation of people needs get to in. focus more on voting for who the individual they they believe is right, not necessarily the party they think is right. Right. 
Well, that's one of the reasons why George Washington did not want to have political parties yeah, because sure. Sure. Yeah. I hate them. He kind of recognized yeah. that as soon as you have my team versus your team and everyone on our team is on the team, yeah, then you start opening yourself up to a bunch of other little games that really are not going to be in the best interest of the people themselves. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you need to be able to weed out the bad apples as they come rather yeah. than saying, well, you have this bushel, this bushel of apples or that bushel of apples. There's a few rotten each one, but you pick one of them. Yeah. And <laughs> good analogy yeah. actually. It's like, no, we don't want to make the cider from the rotten yeah. apples. Right. We don't want to drink this particular flavor of Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. And like definitely with like with the election and our generation, I hope that it gets to the point where we can get rid of Democratic Republic. It's gonna be a long time. Parties, we'll probably you know be I mean? dead like, by then though. Dude, that's gonna be, be so like, hard to cycle out. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean I feel like I don't know. I guess one thing is hard to kind of know how much of this can you change from the bottom up? Because to some degree, yeah, if you just send the right people then you know that'll change the entire system. Yeah. Some people say you need to change it from the top down. The entire system is fighting Trump on that one. But yeah. when you also look at what happens when you try to run somebody that does not have the, uh, kind of like the clout that Trump did, mm -hmm. it's like the, um, the establishment as it is tends to squash those if they don't follow the party lines. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you have someone like Trump who actually defeated, what was it, 15 or 16 other Republicans. Yeah. The entire the entire Republican Party was against him. The Republican base said, no, we don't like you, these other guys, but, you know, we'll vote for him. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on the Democrat side, you had Bernie Sanders, who the grassroots wanted, the establishment didn't want, yeah. and they end up rigging the election, the uh, rigging the primaries to give all the uh, um, superdelegates to Hillary. Yeah. Or I should say at least almost all of them. Some places they had a legitimate count. Some mm -hmm. places they didn't. Yeah. Other times he got the votes from the actual election. Meanwhile, they still gave the superdelegates to her because when you have political parties that are technically their own corporation and they are not strictly a representation of the people themselves, yeah. you open yourself up to really big problems when you no longer agree with what the corporation that you're voting for says. Yeah. And that's kind of the state of the, mm -hmm. it's kind of the state of politics right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you 100% on that. Um, now, what are your, like, this is kind of going, it's still on subject, but off subject. What are your thoughts on Bernie? Oh. Um. <laughs> He's a yeah. hard one because yeah. there's a lot of things you can like about him, but there's also a lot of things like, there, no thank you. Do you believe in socialism? <laughs> I believe in voluntary socialism, which by that I mean, please leave me out of it. But if you want to start your own little commune and share everything with your neighbors, feel free. Yeah. I mean, I've described it as communism works best when it's kept family size. Because if you look at it strictly as your household is your country, mm -hmm. you have your parents who help provide for your kids. When you need things done, you ask yeah. your kids to help. Yeah. And, and that way... No, the kids are not necessarily bringing an equal share to the equal share of the pie to the party, mm -hmm. but you know everything can work. But there's a few things that are different about a household that is not the same about a country. Yeah, sure. When you have when you have a household, you're in that relationship with your significant other voluntarily. Yeah. 
you had your kids voluntarily, at least hopefully, and <laughs> there is some kind of social pressure to take care of your own. Yeah, for sure. There is, you know, the factor of love, which you want to help help your kids. You want to do what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And in, in addition to you always have other hopes and dreams that you strive for yeah. and try to work towards. Now, when you start having a whole group of people that hypothetically are all doing the same thing, but you have one person works harder than another, if I start slacking off, you know, assuming Sean and I are sharing, you know, the, the uh, benefit of our labor, uh-huh. if he sees me slacking off and he wants to do more, what is his motivation to keep doing more when he sees that most of his benefit is going to go towards me? Yeah. One of the best examples that I've heard of is if you try to just even out the grades in college, mm-hmm. say, well, we're just going to average all the grades together. So if you don't study, but everyone else does, you know, you'll still end up with a good grade. Yeah. The, the smart kids in the class are going to say, why would I want to do that? Yeah. Right. I mean, when you think of it as grades instead of money, yeah. suddenly everybody in college gets the idea and they say, no, this is a terrible, this is mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. The poor kids want it. But the rich kids, or I shouldn't say the rich kids, the smart kids, whether they're poor or smart, mm-hmm. did I say poor or smart? You said whether they <laughs> you are, said, I guess, whether they are <clears throat> slacking or the slacking, <laughs> whether they are cognitively, cognitively deficient or smart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anytime you try to average out other things, people seem to get the idea that no, you can't just share everything. And unless it's voluntary, then, you know, people will associate themselves with groups that are similar or you at least have the idea or have the option of rejecting somebody based Mm -hmm. on they're not going to work as hard as me. Therefore, I don't think it's a good idea to share everything that I have with them. Yeah. I've heard of some communes that actually have worked out and seem to be doing just fine. Mm -hmm. However, when you actually look at what it takes to get into those, they let you hang around first. It's kind of like a gang, except they're friendly. (laughs) They let you hang around first. If they say, you know, you basically have completed the application, you might be a good fit. We'll let you live here for a year. Mm-hmm. And they can kick you out at any time or after the end of the year, they can still kick you out. You actually have to want to be there. You have to pull your own weight. Yeah. You have to contribute something that they don't have yeah. for them to have a reason to want you. Yeah, sure. If you do something like that, you suddenly have a system where, yeah, you can share everything. Maybe it'll turn out even better than just a capitalized system. Yeah. Maybe it's worth a shot, but I don't have anything against the people that want to try that, mm-hmm. but they're also self-selecting for the ones that are also willing to do that. Yeah. When you have the entire country and you try to do that, we have examples all over the world where it doesn't really work out all that great for mm-hmm. after you get in a couple of generations, yeah. a lot of people have starved in the 20th century mm-hmm. because of countries trying to do that. Yeah. And Venezuela. Well, they're the most recent example. Yeah. There's a lot of zoo animals that aren't happy about it. A lot of them have already been barbecued. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, the if you look at Venezuela, the resources they had, the amount of oil they had, and yeah, sure, we had the drop in oil prices, mm-hmm. but it's like with how rich they were and how quickly they became poor, at least most of the people, not, the, right. not really the government because... Everyone likes to say, oh, we'll just share everything and everything will be fine because yeah. then we have an equal playing field. Doesn't happen. You can't show me a government where the people running the government don't er- don't turn out richer than the people yeah. that they are ruling over. Yeah, right. It's basically historically not a thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
it always starts out with that idea, or at least that's what the rulers tend to tell the people. Mm-hmm. But in practice, that never stays that way for very long. And even if you do have a ruler that starts out that way, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, I forget which Caesar it was. He, he <laughs> wanted the um, people to call him the princeps, the first citizen. He was saying, you know, I'm a little above you, but really not much. You, you can, you know, just come up and talk to me. Mm-hmm. He was a good emperor. A lot of emperors that followed after that weren't necessarily up to the same standard. Yeah, some of right. them, some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Eventually, Rome fell, and there was a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. That's the problem and with it. Yeah, I guess to some degree, it's like when we can look at the past and see very similar situations. Do we really have to make all the same mistakes to actually, you know, come up with something better? Yeah, right. Or I should say. Should we really look at the past, make all the same mistakes, and then fall just like they did? Yeah. I mean, maybe it declines, you know, just in the future, and maybe it's unavoidable. Maybe, maybe not. But if you follow the proven track record of failure, I hard to see. I have a hard time seeing that it's actually going to turn out better in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing that if you do prove me wrong, it'll be on a very small scale, kind mm-hmm. of like that little village mm-hmm. where they had the option of kicking somebody out. And that kind of thing will bring a social pressure where it it, it brings out the best in you. Yeah. Rather sure. than the worst or the, the, the lack slacker. Of when, right. when you don't have individual accountability, it tends to bring out the worst just because it's kind of like one reason. Well, I've said before that I don't really want to be paid salary Yeah. just because if it doesn't really matter then there's no reason for me to work a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm getting paid hourly, that doesn't really matter. I'm going to try to finish whatever job I'm on. Yeah, for sure. Right. And it's kind of like some motivations are a little bit different there. There are some people that get paid salary and they still feel the need that their restaurant, you know, to function, even yeah. though they're not being paid to do that, they still, you know, put in extra time. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, you are also a manager, somebody who has risen above yeah. all the other positions to get to where you are. Yeah. You kind of have self-selected to be more likely to, you know, give oh, more okay. than you're actually yeah. taking. Sure. Yeah. That's and part of the position. Yep. There's a lot of people that would say, no, I'm not going to do that if I'm not getting paid for it. Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely like, even with like my job, like I don't, I don't receive salary yet, but I will eventually start receiving a salary. Right. But it's like, I have that pressure to, if I don't succeed, then others will fail. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like the best way for salaries or socialism to work is like that like if i don't give my best others will fail there's a lot of there's a lot of people that don't have that kind of mindset yeah though. yeah yeah there's some people that say you know the rulers should always have kids because then they're gonna say i don't want to build a country that my kids don't want to grow up in yeah i want right. to build something that'll be better for them for sure and if you look at what's happening in europe right now it's like, well, Europe's kind of becoming a mess. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where you might want to be very careful where you go. Some yep. places have stopped, you know, I forget where it was in Sweden, where they are no longer delivering the mail the same as they used to because, well, they basically have a no-go zone based yeah. on some of the recent immigration practices. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you look at the the uh, EU leaders, most of them don't have kids. Yeah. It's like, well, that's kind of interesting. Most of them just seems like they just don't care. Yeah. It almost seems like it wouldn't matter if they had well, kids. You know, they just don't yeah, care. Most most of the time, like, especially higher ups like that, I mean, a lot of them, like, are career politicians, so there's no time for kids. Yeah, I've never like, been okay with the career stuff. Yeah. Like well, even, like, even as, like, CEOs and stuff like that, it's like a lot of people put yeah. their career before their, 
their family. It's a little messed up. Yeah, it's and not it's what like, this country was founded and, on. You know, at the same time, it's like that's your it's your freedom to do that if you oh, want sure. to. Sure, but yeah, but it shouldn't be the rule. I feel it like should that, be the exception. Yeah, it affects values of your system. We've reached a point now where CEOs jump from one company to another. They're worried more about the short term uh, stock increase, and so they tend to do things that are better for the short term rather than the long term. Mm-hmm. Because they get their bonus based on what their stock is doing. Right. And yeah. that leads to a bunch of things that are technically legal, but really looks a lot like corruption. Yeah. Uh, when you have a company that's failing and then the the uh, CEO gets bonuses instead of taking a pay cut or, you know, losing his job like the rest of the employees, mm-hmm. that kind of looks kind of weird to a lot of people. Yeah. and. Unfortunately, it gives some uh, credence to some people that say, well, if we had socialism, we wouldn't be having this, which I don't think that's actually as correct as they think. However, it makes it hard to argue against. Yeah, for sure. And it, it used to be where you have the uh, the owner of the business was right there. And if the business goes down, so does he. Yeah, for sure. He has the most invested in that mm-hmm. business. And nowadays it's like things have reached a particular size to where the owner is going to write it off because he has a couple other businesses that will absorb that loss. Yeah. He has, you know, other things going on. Right. Where, so have like small businesses. But small businesses usually are a lot better to work for. Yeah. It's kind of nice when the boss actually hired me himself, right. knows my situation himself. Yeah. He knows that I'll stay late. Yep. He knows that I'll come in if he asks me to. Yeah. Right. And he also understands that I'm really not going to be there 10 minutes ahead of the shift start like everyone else. <laughs> He's always late to work. <laughs> I'm on time most Sometimes. of Dude, most of the time. Okay, on time is late. If you use that definition, then okay, I'm late. However, if you look at the time I clock in, I'm usually, usually there right, on, yeah. right on time. I feel you. Within, within a minute of and sometimes as early as three minutes before. Yeah. yeah. I feel you, though, because like I'm, I'm technically some- I'm the owner and I'm late. For, for some reason, that seems to be my preset. I yeah, kind of wish it wasn't that way. Yeah, it would be nice if I like had a little bit more time. Yeah, yeah it should be as simple as leave earlier. But somehow yeah. that Doesn't it's almost happen. like there's some kind of block that I can't seem to get past. Yeah, getting somewhere early is very difficult. Staying somewhere late is incredibly easy. Yeah, yeah. I don't really understand it. I mean, you work your ass off, and no matter what time you come in, but, like yeah, but it doesn't really affect your job. Yeah. Uh, he would still like it if I was there earlier, but sure. there's been different times where I've been somewhere and the guys are leaving 15 minutes before they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. The boss doesn't care, but they get there 10 minutes ahead yeah. and the boss likes it. Meanwhile, I get there right on time. I stay a couple minutes after or at least as long as I'm supposed to. Yeah. And the boss wishes I'd be there early. Yeah. If you look at it strictly from a mathematical perspective, yeah, I was fine. there longer. Yeah. <laughs> you worked your... I worked hours. just right. as yeah. I worked just as hard as they did. Yeah. Maybe harder, or at least you know up to par. Yeah. Right. But whatever the case is, it's like I'm not trying to leave early. Why do you hold it against me that I wasn't sure. here? I wasn't there early, rather yeah. than unfortunately that just comes down to psychology and yeah. people like to know yeah. that you're there on time and ready to go. For sure. I think our boss understands that, and I think that's why he doesn't get on your case that much. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, at the <laughs> same, it used to be every day he'd like get on you but yeah really a little bit now. and there was one time i was getting there like right on time and he mentioned that he would appreciate it if i can be there 10 minutes early mm-hmm. and i really did try 
and I got there about five minutes early. Mm -hmm. I was amazed of how much effort that took. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> it it's, should take yeah. way more. It should take way less effort. I mean, it should take. It shouldn't take much more effort to leave Do five that, minutes right. early. Yeah. It really should not. Yeah. Somehow that seems to be incredibly difficult. Yeah. I do not have a good explanation for it. It's a habit. Dude, it's habits. I've, I've been working That's at the same place for nine years and I'm still late, like four minutes every day. I mean, now granted I stay over yeah. later now, but even then I, it's a small business. So it was never right. like a diehard like situation. Right. But yeah. That's a big worry so, with the place we work at. I'm afraid it's going to get too big. Yeah. I mean, he's growing really fast. Yeah. Well, good that for him. Business though. has been it's very good. It's good for him, but yeah. it's it's scary at the same time. Yeah. I sure. I hope that he is like continues to be just as successful successful in the future as he has been. Mm -hmm. I want him to, you know, grow his business as he can. Right. As long as we don't lose that small company dynamic right. that was the one thing that I really appreciated. Yep. Uh, I got fired from Shears like right before my 90 day like trial or whatever. Yeah. It was within a couple days and I had worked like a hundred hours more than what 90 days would have been mm -hmm. because I was taking all the overtime I could get. Yeah. Meanwhile, one, the first time I called off because I was trying to find a replacement because I was going to a family gathering that I had forgot to ask off for. Yeah. And with the way things happened, they had a policy of you couldn't uh, ask anyone to work for you if they were already working 40 hours a week. Oh, yeah. And there was only a couple people that could have been capable of taking my shift. One person said he was going to, and it's a long, long convoluted story, but basically I had to call off one time. Or I decided to, I should say. So that was one time. You're only allowed to be late three times. Another time, my car wouldn't start because the battery, the starter was going bad, and it was something with the battery also. It, Life happens. It, yeah. yeah. You know, it was, it was a little bit older car and ended up being a couple minutes late that time. Yeah. And then the time after that, because I was like working a bunch of overtime and also trying to work on the house I left at, I overslept about an hour. Yeah. I walk in there. He says, well, sorry, we don't need you. And, you know, this is your third time. So you'll have to see if you still have a job, you know, yep. on Monday. Yeah. I come in and they're like, yeah, sorry, you're fired. It's like, oh, okay. So yeah. I was working about. 65 between 65 and like 68 or nine hours a week mm -hmm. even though everyone everyone was getting overtime at about 50 hours a week i was still going above and beyond yeah. right as much as i could yeah for sure did they really care yeah. no they're big enough company to some degree they can't afford to yeah and to some degree i'm just a small enough person i'm just one person right they don't really care yeah. there is no reason nope. for them to yeah. At least not in the short term of why should we make an exception for just one guy? Right. I mean, there was one person that says, you're fired? If they fired you, they'll fire anyone. I said, yeah, I guess they will. Yeah. That's big companies. They don't yeah. care. They can get someone else in there in no time. Yep. Well, they are also hiring out of the county because they've already yeah. cycled through everyone in Stark County. Right. That yeah. They say, yep. well, we can't get people to work for us. Well. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. You're also a jerk sometimes. You don't want to. That's, that's how Lauren was. That's the other thing. I really don't like what union what unions have become mm -hmm. based on the way they can be abused. Sure. But at the same time, oh, yeah. when you have little things like that, I can understand a union coming in and saying, hey, look, he'll take a fine of, you know, I don't know, come to an agreement on something. Yeah. I'm kind of sorry that, you know, I wasn't there for an hour. Meanwhile, I will make it up to you one way or another. Yeah. 
why don't we come to some kind of agreement that's, you know, to your benefit, not mine, because yeah. I still need my job. Yeah. Right. That's not something they're going to talk yeah, about. For nope. sure. Yeah. So it's almost like weak unions, I feel, can be good because it helps out the individual. But if you get a strong union, a strong union, they can sink the company like they mm-hmm. did to uh, Chevy, Chrysler, and yeah. Dodge had problems with them too. Yep. Yeah. These companies started making their cars out of our country because they could not afford to do it here. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you go to Toyota or Honda, it's a foreign country that makes cars here because they can't afford to. Yeah. They pay their people almost the same as what the unions were getting paid. Yep. But it's like, how are they able to do it when our own companies couldn't? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, things get a little more complicated when you have a big, strong union. Yeah. And I don't like unions. I never, I hated that I was in one at Lauren. If I had the choice, I wouldn't have been in it. I but, think if you yeah. do have a union, it should be like company wide and that's it. And it should be something where everybody can come in together and vote on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also should not have, it should not be mandatory that you be in the union, that your company has a, yeah. if they right. have a union, that should still be your own choice. Yeah, Sure. I mean, definitely agree with that. At MillerCore, if they had, if they offered me a union, I'd actually probably say no. I would There's say no, no reason too. to. I mean, our boss is reasonable enough. Mm-hmm. that, I mean, if there's a problem, we can work something out. That's not a big deal. Right. He's not going to, you know, do anything that I would say would merit needing a union. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he doesn't now, do anything to if I was fuck a, us over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's always very reasonable. Yep. Even if he's a little upset, you know, right. you can still come to some kind of agreement. You can work something out. It'll right. be all right. If you go to somewhere like Shears and they offered me a union or a union was coming to say, hey, we, sh- we want to, you know, give you this, that, and something else, it would be very, very tempting Yeah. just because they are a large enough company. They don't necessarily care about the individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I kind of, it's kind of like sometimes individuals do, but when you're in a big enough system, the little nuance of a particular situation gets lost, Yeah. which is why some things work on a small scale and they don't necessarily work on a large scale. Yeah. And so for that union, for that reason, I can't really be in favor of unions. Yeah. At least in the sense of what they have become today, for the most part. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've uh, talked long enough here. We're over an hour now. Yeah. It's pretty good. So This is not even a warm-up for Joe Rogan. I know. (laughs) I wish I was to his level. I'm sure we'll have you on again, man. You have a lot to talk about. We didn't even cover half the stuff I really wanted to talk about. So, yeah. Do it again. Have you on again. Yeah, we'll absolutely have you on again. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for being on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Of course. It was fun. Yeah. All right. I've been Sean. Catch you all next week. I'm Yanni. And I'm Morris. Or Maurice. Or Mo. Shoot. Shop. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want to call them. See you guys. See ya. Have a good day.